All right, Coach, so we've had a, a week off. It'll be two weeks since we last recorded as of today. I'm super excited to be back. Uh, my name is Sherry Wilson, owner of Genius Owl Limited Company, and I am fresh off recording, Coach, a true crime uh, miniseries that actually turned into a larger-than-life series, so I think I'm going to have to ditch the mini for our true crime mid-season miniseries. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Greg McNeil here, um, doctoral candidate, clinician, life coach, funny guy, helper. Yeah. Um, the person is here of service. That's who I am today, right? Full yes. of life. Flowers today. I'm full of flowers. Today. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, the reason I warned people, I just came off fresh off a recording is if true crime might come in and at some point. So I just want to warn everybody that may happen. <laughs> Yep, crime is true. Just so people know that, right? It's, it's exactly. a true crime. Exactly. And there were three situations. Um, one, I'm not at liberty to discuss at all, but it, I w- it was like I was in a, um, a script watching people walking around in oblivion. And so that's, that's what I would like to discuss. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not even sure what we are going to call this podcast. I'm not even sure where it's going to go, but what, there are a couple of things that occurred, uh, that were shocking. So one is an individual that's not related to me, um, is, uh, good friends with a person that lives where I was recording. Uh, he had, dated a lady for I think five years he'd been married before and he had stayed too long in the the first marriage so he decided that he was not ever going to do that again and you know he had some of the fear you know of remarrying but anyway they dated for five years and then finally you know she's like we either take this to the next level or I'm moving on because you know I'm not comfortable staying in a long-term relationship without a ring on my finger Mm. And she was a former model and, um, she, uh, uh, you know, put her, her ultimatum, which I understand. And he's absolutely, they marry. And then, uh, let's see, they've been married for two and a half years and because of schooling situation for her daughter, et cetera, they, they haven't lived together until the last six months. Okay. Mm. Well, from that point, um, she's been gone all the time, taking her daughter to different Instagram events, taking care of her mother in a different city. And the husband's like, hey, you know, before we got married and lived together, we had time on weekends. We hung out. We had a very rich life in all respects. And now, you know, we're married. We're living together. I haven't seen you. And so he voiced you know, the situation several times. Well, while I was there, the you know what hit the fan. And um, so he uh, was basically done. And here is what shocked me. He sat down with her, you know, had it, you know, they had a drink together and discussed it. And he basically said, I'm going to divorce you because I voiced, you know, what I've needed. Uh, I'm not getting any changes 
And I think that's just the next step. And she was absolutely shocked. Now, the next thing that happened, she said, well, my family is more important than you. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take care of them. So he knew it was useless. But coach, how can you be in a situation where you're absolutely oblivious to the cliff you're about to go over, right? Like, so that that's going to be kind of the theme. How can you be shocked when a person has repeatedly expressed and communicated the change they need and you are shocked when they take the next consequence? So that's the first example. The second example is an individual also located there that... Um, is oblivious to the fact that there's a trajectory of life that if it's not shifted is going to end up in disaster. And when you try to approach the individual of, okay, these are, you know, certain things that are needed as far as, you know, changes required, et cetera, they immediately dismiss any of that. Oh, no, that's not true. Or that's not how people are or whatever. So everyone around can see the perfect storm that's brewing. And it's several things like it's going to come from several directions. And then it's going to culminate into probably a situation that's going to be difficult to walk through. The third example of which I cannot discuss, there was a measure of awareness, but at the same time, there was a conning that was going on that was so convincing. Um, most bought into it. I didn't. I felt, you know, because just the true crime nature of our podcast, I'm very suspicious of certain things and notice behavior changes that seem abnormal. So I guess my question is probably two part. How on earth? Does this kind of oblivion happen? I know we've all been in those situations and then shocked by what we get. And then the second one is, what can we do to stay aware? Like what, what things, what steps can we do where we are aware of reality? I guess I would say where we're aware of what is happening and where we might end up. Okay. All right. Let's go. Okay. Um, so the first question is, how can you be shocked? Yeah. How can somebody be shocked? So to me, okay, so t- to me, this is, this is really about attitude and respect. Okay. Okay. Um, If you call your dog, even in the lowest whisper, your dog is likely to acknowledge you. And since we know that dogs have terrific hearing, so you can whisper and your dog can still hear you. So if you call, you whisper your dog's name and your dog doesn't come, he's not listening to you. If you raise your voice a little bit louder, not in angry, but you just, hey, come, and your dog doesn't come to you, they're not listening to you. They're they're ignoring you. There is something in your relationship 
that's not working. I'm just talking about dogs right now. Yeah. If you're having a face-to-face conversation with someone that you're supposed to be in an intimate relationship and you've said the same thing to that person in that conversation multiple times, they're not listening to you. It's not a, that's, that's not a mystery. They're just not listening. And sometimes that's just the way it is for people. They are used to being in relationships and their mind is one track, right? This is their perspective. And they can tend to think that the world evolves around their perspective, you know, sort of like in the green room, I'm asking questions about it's like, Hey, look, you might have an attitude, a, a particular attitude about a lifestyle that people live, but if we are required to help other people, what we think about that person's lifestyle is not a part of that. We're helping. If that gets in the way, then that means that suddenly something about your platform is not as true as you think it is. In the relationship, something about your love and caring is not as loving and caring as you think it is, right? Mm-hmm. It is it suits that person's needs because generally speaking, what you're talking about, the person that's shocked is the person that's not listening. And they're probably the one that think that they hold the most power in that dynamic. Mm. Right. And so when they, um, when somebody says to them, it's like, look, I'm just going to let you know, um, I'm filing for divorce. You know, I talked to you about this thing. And then the person says, you know, I'm shocked. It's like, no, you're not shocked. You just don't listen. Okay. And so what you're getting right now is an acknowledgement that you don't listen. And that other person is not willing to stay in this incompatible situation with you. Right. So um, I'm not one who buys in to someone being shocked in a situation in which another person has been talking to them repeatedly in that relationship about what their needs are, right? That's just a situation where anytime somebody is talking to you and you don't respond in a way that acknowledges their request, you're not listening. So, um, it's, you know, that's not a complicated dynamic. You know, the person whose self-worth rose to the point where they had to make a decision was the one, in this case, it sounds like, hey, look, I'm going to bring something to light and then you can decide what you want to do with your life next. But the person who raised up and said, hey, look, this is not working for me, um, may have done the person who claims to be shocked a really um, powerful um, benefit, message, and favor. So, Coach, what I hear you saying, see, this is why, guys, I like to ask Coach questions, um, which, by the way, I hope you enjoyed the interview with him. He, like, He's James Bond, I'm telling you. So, you know, you're welcome. Um, but she wasn't shocked over the situation is what I'm hearing. She was actually probably shocked by his decision because when you said power so the person that's not listening feel that they they hold the power in the relationship and then he says I'm divorcing you 
all of a sudden, she does not hold the power in the relationship. And I wonder if she could be shocked by the consequence. Like, did she have a perspective? So I'm hearing two words, perspective and power. Did she have a perspective that number one, she's all that in a bag of chips. So any man would be lucky to have her and would put up with her nonsense. Um, But the power thing. And so when he decided to take back his power and say, this is not working for me, could she have been shocked by the consequence? Uh, would you mean like the consequence of of him leaving? Yeah, like, I mean, they've only Versus. been married two and a half years. They've been together seven and a half. I don't think she saw such a drastic decision coming. You know what I mean? So uh, what I'm saying is that maybe the shock isn't necessarily his frustration and sadness over how she's been treating him. Because like you said, she knows he's been communicating, but she's not listening, meaning listening and then taking into consideration those things and changing her perspective. She hears, but she's not going to do anything about it. But what if the shock wasn't so much that he's coming to her saying, I can't, you know, I don't like to live this way. What if the shock is all of a sudden there's an unexpected consequence to her lack of respect and lack of willingness to adapt? I'm not really sure how you separate that. I, I don't know that I would actually separate that um, because it's all the same thing. So anytime someone has been talking to you um, about anything that they need in a relationship, um, the first conversation is, I guess you could say, that's the line. That's the acknowledgement. Hey, you know what? Can I talk to you about something? Because this is, you know what I feel is happening. And, you know, this is what I think I would like to see. Can we talk about it? Okay. So when you have, when you have that first conversation, there is no such thing as a shock after that, right? Not from my perspective. I'm like, because once someone comes to you and they talk to you about it, you really have an opportunity to start addressing it right then and there. You know, when couples come in and they've been talking about something in their relationship for years, Somebody is not listening and acting on it. And so eventually you're going to get to a point where somebody just kind of gets tired, right? That just, that that happens. It doesn't matter which form it takes. Um, but the consequence in the relationship to me starts the moment somebody addresses something within the relationship that's not working. And if they don't try to resolve that matter right then and there, the consequence is really embedded in that relationship from that moment, and then it starts to build. It just becomes a question of what people recognize. So let's say, for instance, the person that came with the request, they were already dealing with the consequences, right? Mm-hmm. So they were they were sitting in the space of consequence because their needs weren't met, right? Yeah. So when they spoke to the other person, they were giving the other person an opportunity to come in and say, you know what, I see what you're saying, I see what we're missing, we can do something. But if that doesn't happen, right, the, the consequence was already there. That's what I'm saying, it's already there. So, so whatever's in her mind, it's like, okay, you know, it's like she could, she could be shocked at that outcome, but again, it's gonna come back to perspective because the consequence was already in the relationship. 
She just wasn't listening. Well, and that's what and I was that, saying. That, yeah. Because she had genuine shock on her face. So I think the shock wasn't necessarily the fact that, you know, there was going to be a consequence. I think the shock was the outcome was very quick and swift. And I don't think she expected that. It's kind of like, you know, you hear people, I've seen this like in uh, police interviews where, you know, someone kills somebody or, or whatever, especially when they're immature and they are like, when can I go home? It's like, yeah, you're not going home. The only home you're going to have is prison. And they're just shocked that that's the situation. It's like, how could you not understand that, you know, like you're, you're going to prison. This is what happens when you do such actions. And so I think the outcome can sometimes throw people for a loop. And that's what I wanted to discuss so that there can be good okay. outcomes. So can we, can we kind of go back just a little bit, just a little bit? Cause when you say in this scenario, so I'm actually looking at this one very different so now i got a clinical hat on right so when i hear you say outcome i hear you say outcome in her situation right but when i look at it in their couplehood there was already an outcome so the first conversation was my needs are not getting met okay so two years go past right if i understood you correctly so he has an he has a conversation but two years go past, okay? And then he says, I'm making a decision. So we're saying basically from that initial conversation, 720 something days would pass without any acknowledgement or change in her behavior towards this person. So, you know, when you look at it like that, you know, so for me, I'm looking at it as like, you know, your outcome was already determined the moment you decided not to listen to the person that came to you with the request. So when it, what happened to you at the end, if you're shocked by that, it's like, I don't see it, right? I, as a clinician, I don't see her shock. I, I'm, I'm actually going to explore something else in her behavior in that scenario, because I'm going to ask you the question, how can you be shocked when somebody's been telling you that their needs weren't met in the relationship for two years? That's going to be my question. How can you be shocked about that, that outcome? Mm -hmm. And then I want to wait to hear what she says or he says, because in that moment, you're going to get a chance to see or hear their perspective, how they've been thinking that they could let that much time pass and then suddenly be shocked at an outcome that they received. Mm -hmm. So that's just me from a clinical perspective, how I would approach that scenario. It might've been, um, cause I get that. Cause I, and I hear what you're saying a hundred percent and agree a hundred percent. I just know for a fact, she did express emotional, mental and facial body language shock. So there was what what I want to get to is why is there a disconnect? And so when you're talking, you know, you mentioned perspective and power. And so that's what mm -hmm. led me to the idea that I think she thought she had a power with her spouse that she actually didn't have. And so when this mm -hmm. event occurred, that's what shocked her. Not necessarily that eventually they're going to have problems because there's no way you could... I guess, think that there wouldn't be problems. But 
Uh, I, I, that's why I was going that direction because I think there's, it's a power move. So like if we take that idea into the next example, that, that actually shocked me coach when you said that, because examining the statement of the power that they feel they have in the relationship, I can tell you a hundred percent, that is a huge part of the second example. Okay, well, let's go in there. Well, let's just go, and then we can just keep weaving them. Because there, again, I just want to say, while I can appreciate the the emotional like brouhaha after you know you find out it's like you know you wake up and you know somebody is handing you a letter and then you read it and then all of a sudden you find out that oh you're getting a divorce and then so now I mean I can totally appreciate that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm going to say is your perspective is your way of thinking. Your way of thinking is going to impact the way you listen to others, how you respond to other people, right? And even your level of consideration for other people, right? Yeah. And that's a, that's an attitude. We can We can use different words. We can say egos and stuff like that, but it's a thought form, yeah. right? And, and it's a thought form that she's been carrying for some time. Okay. I, I like that coach. And, uh, in the second situation, um, I picture this individual like a ninja who is very skilled in deflection. Okay. And so there's, you know, situations where people around her and, and of course there's, you know, definite progress and things like that, but there's one situation in particular, but a pattern, a repeated pattern of not listening to those in your life that are stressing to you the danger they see. So it's kind of like, absolutely, you have to live your own life, obviously, and make decisions. But there's also that community aspect where, like, if I have, like, there's certain people that if they say something, I don't need anybody else to say the same thing. I trust their judgment and their observation in a way that is uh, different from others. Now, I will assess and I will, um, you know, take what they say and kind of analyze. But typically, I'm very quick to hear and then to pivot. There's other people, it's like, "Hmm, okay, you know, I, 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 I trust, but verify. In other words, yeah, I can see what you're saying, but I'm going to need to examine what you're saying in light of my values, et cetera. But this individual, their background has been a lot of turmoil. And uh, and so it's like, uh, it almost feels like a defense. So when you try to say, hey, I'm seeing specific things that are extremely unhealthy in, you know, these relationships, I would say probably two to three very important relationships. Uh, and then it's like, no, that's not true. Or no, that's not how they think. Or no, I don't agree with that. It's an immediate, there's no pausing and pondering. And what's incredible is that lack of listening has caused the very things people have said, and yet it's still continuing. So is it like a power move of protection? Like, I don't want to, or is it like a, I don't want to change, so I'm not going to. So I'm going to deflect. You know what I mean? Like when you said the power thing, coach, that really stood out to me. 
you know, one of the things in, um, you know, when it comes to relationship, it's, uh, it's a dynamic that we all deal with because relationship requires everyone to grow, right? It mm. just, we just don't come into a relationship and we're all, we're made, yeah. right? We're, we're paid. That's, that's just not the way it goes. If you're, if, if we consider what relationships actually do, relationships are places of growth, right? Mm. And learning, right? Growth and learning. We find our way in relationship. We can have certain ideas about how we want to do things and we can do that. And when we're in relationship with other people, guess what happens? We learn, yeah. right? You learn. So if you look at it from that perspective, then we don't come into relationships knowing everything. But it is the context that we come from that we take with us into those relationships. Okay. All of your background, where you come from, everything that you've ever experienced before, and how your mind has been conditioned around those early experiences and early lessons. We bring those things into relationships. And depending on how we manage those will determine the success that we can have in that relationship. You will find out in some cases, people are like, oh, okay, well, some people come together and they have trauma bonds. They they both come from traumatic backgrounds and their relationship seems chaotic, but they're bonded through trauma. Okay. Okay. Those are not difficult to identify. But what you're talking about is one of those things that is always present, but you don't really know it until you see it in relationship with other people. Yeah. Because once you get in a relationship, that's when someone gets to see it. Mm. Right. And so um, and when somebody calls you out on it, that's where the change comes in. Right. Yeah. That's where the, that's where the change comes in. Somebody says, hey, look, you know what? You kind of got this thing going on. You know, can we talk about that? Bing, that's it. That's that's the change button right there. And then everything you said comes after that. Do they have an attitude? Do they have, or, you know, which could be dismissiveness or um, maybe they fear that based on where they come from, if somebody corrects them in their behavior, that now they just get transported back to their past and, you know, they have all of that kind of stuff going on. Um that you're describing the situation perfect coach. And so it's almost like the deflection and the use another phrase. Um, Dismissiveness. Yes. hundred percent, hundred percent. I have uh, definitely witnessed some changes, but in other situations uh, there's not. And in the traumatic background, definitely. So it almost sounds like a way to, to like it's almost like could it be you think you're maintaining control of your situation by deflection and dismissiveness when actually you're you're developing your own demise without realizing I mean so I just don't see how people can be so oblivious when oh yeah you know what I mean like that's that's the question I have I hear what you're saying, but I come again. I'm coming from another 
I'm coming from a different background, right? Yeah. So for me, I'm not surprised, right? That's, you know, so for me, I'm saying anything that is possible in in human relationship dynamics is possible. If you come out of a situation that impacts you a certain way, it is a part of your framework. You either get a chance to heal it or it stays with you. So when we look at people who are in their 50s and 60s, and they have behaviors that are clearly indicative of a place that they come from as children, they've maintained that dynamic. And they have obviously found other people who, if they're in relationship, they find a way to fit with that dynamic. Um, That's exactly what's happening. You know, so, but if you're that kind of person that comes out of that background, you come out, you know, you've dealt with different things. I mean, and again, and I don't want to make it all traumatic because it's not, but your childhood, your upbringing and all of these things that helped formed who you are before the age of seven, they are part of your consciousness, right? Yeah. And as you grow up, you get a chance, you have different points in your life where you recognize that, you know, maybe I need to change this. I'm not sure if there's a person on the planet that's ever walked anywhere and not felt at some point, maybe there's something that they need to rethink in their life. If they're not, they probably are really a flaming narcissist, right? But even if that is the case, that behavior was cultivated someplace to the point where it became a pattern, right? Uh, Yeah, that that was going to be my next question. How much of a role does selfishness play? Again, it can have a lot, but selfishness is a context, right? It's a context. It becomes a habit. It does. But it also occurs at a context. And then what do you do with it? So if we go back to the first scenario, you know, for seven years, things seem to be okay. Now the person says, I want to go to the next level. So they go to the next level and they make it official. But when they make it official, the person now changes their behavior in the relationship. Yeah. Okay. And the the other gentleman was like, hey, 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 hey. Yeah. Is this what we're doing? She's like, okay. So then two years later, the guy's like, look, this is not working. I'm out of here. And she's like, what's happening? It's like, look, you don't listen. So whatever it is that you brought with you, right, that's what was in front of your face. Not your partner, but what you wanted to see. Uh, okay, so, so, you know, someone like me, I deconstruct those types of thought forms that lead to the patterns that can either disrupt that relationship or help to heal it, right? Yeah. And um, if somebody wants to heal it, it's it can be done. Yeah. Right? If they want to just say, well, you know what, I'm shocked by that, and then they get mad, and then they go into that self or place of self-protection, then that's what they'll do. But then they'll meet it again. Yes. They'll they'll meet it again because the universe is saying you you need to you need to um you need to know that. So what is one thing, coach, for those that maybe they are that person? And they may even be oblivious as we're talking, but 
but they're starting to kind of see maybe a little bit of a semblance of that type of thinking in their life. And then for those of us that are actually life work with others and ourselves is self-awareness. Um, what is one thing that you would recommend or one exercise to get them started in stop BSing themselves, basically? Well, I'm one of these type of individuals that I come knowing that I have to grow. And even though I can kick and scream at times, that's just that's just me. So that's my approach to life. That's my it's my view of knowledge, instruction and all of these things. I have to grow. So everybody I meet like you, they have something for me, which means that um, I can't learn if what I think is always out in front of everyone. Mm. Okay, so when I talk to couples, when I talk to individuals and they have relationship dynamics going on, I ask them very clear questions. What do you want and what are you willing to do? Mm. And if it's, and if you're talking about a relationship with someone else, I'm going to ask them, you know, like, what is what is the love that you actually have for that person? What do you want to do in that situation? You know, are you all interested in winning arguments or do you want your relationship to grow? Yeah. That's those are the type of questions that I ask, because, you know, a lot of times couples are not always forthcoming about the grudges that they can hold. Yeah. And so they want to win arguments, especially if they haven't resolved issues that have been present for like two years. So I just kind of like go straight in. It's like, tell me what you want, what you wanted, to, what you want to do. Where is, where do you assess your love at in this relationship? You know, because I need to know that you have it before we try to go forward. Yeah. Right. That's just me. So for the listener, it's like, one, do you love the person that you're with? Two, um, when you assess yourself, um, can you be honest and say, hey, look, there are some things about me that I, I need to change, that I need to rectify. Um, but also the third thing is, are you in the relationship that is appropriate for you? Mm. Have the courage to be able to, uh, to answer that because some of the things that may bother people in relationships is that they may be asking something for someone from someone that they're just not able to give. Yeah. And, uh, and so you could be fighting around something that's like, you know, you need to make a decision that they don't have to be bad. And this is the other thing that I want to make real clear. I don't want to say that the person's attitude is um, wrong or any of those kinds of things. I'm That's not where I'm going. I'm saying when you look in couplehood, you have to understand that there's certain things you just need to know. Yeah. Right. You know, who are you? What do you want? You know, what is your desire for this relationship? How much do you love the person that you're with? Are you willing to change some of the behaviors and the thought forms that you have um, so that your relationship can be in alignment? This is not something that takes power away, but it talks about having power with. Like right? it. And so if they're used, to, if, if that's what they want, then they'll, they'll be able to chart a path to find it. And if they need help, then help will be available. But it all it's always going to be something that starts with where are you at in your thinking? I like that coach. And I was thinking the same thing along those lines of 
when, like, don't be afraid of feedback. You don't have to take it as failure or criticism. When people, especially who love you, are communicating, it's because they value the relationship, right? Now, of course, you can be in abusive situations or dysfunctional situations where that's not the case. But if you know that the person who is addressing a need is speaking to you, don't take it personal in the respect of you're being attacked or criticized or your value as a person is less than. It's your value to them that gives them the courage. It takes courage to go to someone, make yourself vulnerable and say, this is what I need. And so when that occurs, especially if it's coming from several people that value you, you need to pause. Don't instantly deflect. Don't instantly dismiss. Your response could literally be, I definitely am hearing what you're saying. Let me repeat to you what I think I hear you're saying and let me think about it and then let's come back together and visit. So that, I think that would maybe be my one piece of advice because being a person who did come from a lot of dysfunction as a kid, when anybody would, you know, correct or point out something, I would immediately dismiss or deflect or get angry. And so what I uh, would do then after though, is I kind of start thinking about what they said and be like, you know what, there, there might be something there. But my immediate response was that immediate anger and deflection. Now I, I'm like, okay, and I'll start thinking about it. So that would be my advice. Cause I think those are defenses that we put up that foster selfishness, that foster um, a lack of wanting to change. You know, one thing about my uh, ex is uh, he was not surprised. And uh, he he was aware. And so when I said something, you know, he knew it was coming. And, and that's important, I think, to understand as well, is that you need to know the person you're with. Because when you make that choice to continue the behavior that is harmful, you just need to take the cost into consideration as well. And when coach says, what are you willing to change? That's where part of that assessment comes in is actually I'm not willing to change. And that's when you just need to be honest and take the steps necessary that will cause, you know, whatever severing needs to occur. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's a growth experience. That's the first thing. Um, it is, um, Honesty and integrity is important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is. And uh, and nobody has to be trapped. And I think that's the one thing. But again, I just want to say a lot of that stuff is coming from another place. And that's why it has to be examined. You know, it has to be examined. It's coming from someplace else. So once you know that, then it's like, okay, what do I need to do? Right. Yeah. Um, everybody's going to have to address something in a relationship. It's, it's, it's almost like a requirement. That's how you're going to grow. For you, you might have to say some things that you never said before because maybe you were quiet growing up, right? One person talked too much growing up because they felt like every time they turn around, they always had to scream, mm -hmm. right? And so then, so one doesn't speak up and one's screaming all their life. So guess what? They both come out of, you know, challenging situations, not broken by any means, but they just, those, those are the environments where the activity was happening. Yeah. So guess what? Those two people get together, you know, 
And then one day, this is in an argument, this is what's happening. One person is kind of like doing what he learned or she learned how to do. And the other person is doing what they learned how to do. And in that dynamic, something happens. The one that's quiet has to say something. And the one that's normally loud has to stop and listen. Yeah. And in that moment, when that happens, they suddenly get a chance to realize, you know, this is where we came from. Now, it doesn't mean that either one of them loses their power in the dynamic. It just they just suddenly realize, hey, guess what? This is from yesterday. This is not our relationships. So now that we discovered that, now we get a chance to go forward because we just realized where we came from. Yeah, that's good, Coach. Um, I think that's a great place to end. And um, hopefully this helps. I know is maybe a little bit nebulous or kind of misty at times because it, you know, I was just trying to form uh, my thoughts. And like I said, we didn't even discuss this. I just like observed this uh, recently. And it was like I was in an, an environment of oblivion. And I'm like, I do not get how this is happening. And uh, so I was like, man, I cannot wait to talk to coach. In fact, a uh, six and a half hour drive home yesterday, I'm like, I know what I want to ask coach. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you know, it's the hidden thing. That's where I, that's where my work is. Right. Yep. My work in the hidden spaces. Yep. All right. So uh, if you want to contact us with any ideas, uh, the information is in the show notes. And then uh, please leave a review. If you leave a five star uh, and answer a question, we will um, uh, answer it on this podcast. And uh, so we hope everybody has a great week and that this was helpful. And I think I have the title Developing. Well, crap. I just forgot it. Never mind. <laughs> It'll come back. It'll come back. It'll come back.